Well, how do you like that? A 5-0 and record for the Big 12 in bowl games. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. Of course, we cover the Big 12 like nobody else does, better than anybody else does. And what a time to be a Big 12 football fan. It doesn't matter if your team didn't play in a bowl game. All right, this is a prideful moment for this conference that everybody, everybody should be crowing about. Even if you're a Kansas State fan and you're bothered with how the season ended, you're a Texas Tech fan, you're wondering what's next for your school, for your program. This is a moment that Big 12 fans should be fired up about, should be proud of, and should be sticking it to every SEC and Big 10 fan that they know today and for the foreseeable future. Because here's what's going to happen. We will get to the bowl games. We will get to uh, my rankings of the Big 12 bowl games. But if you look at what happened over the past 12 months, before this past week, the Big 12 went 1-5 in in bowl games last year, right? It was a bad bowl season last year for the Big 12. Then they had three non-conference losses to Sunbelt teams in week one of this year. And everybody that wanted to dump on the Big 12 did it. They wanted to tell you how the Big 12 stunk, how it could never compete with the SEC and the Big 10, and that this was a second-tier Power 5 conference at best. And they were proven wrong. The Big 12, how about this stat? The Big 12 went 5-0 in the bowl season, the first conference to go undefeated with at least three bowl games since the Pac-10 back in 2008-2009. It's the Big 12's first ever Bowl Challenge Cup since 05-06 and their first ever outright win. Uh, This is a great, great week for the Big 12 Conference, and everybody should be proud of what this conference has done, what it has accomplished, and it was capped off yesterday with the Iowa State win in that Fiesta Bowl. We are on Facebook Live right now. We are on Periscope through Twitter. We are going to be up on YouTube, and this will, of course, be on the podcast. If you're on the podcast or if you're new to the show, please go download our podcast, subscribe to it on iTunes. We have new shows every single week. And uh, we don't always put them up on Facebook Live and Periscope. So be sure to go check it out there and join us every week for Big 12 Talk. And if you leave us a rating and a review on the podcast, we've got a free Heartland College Sports koozie. You get a koozie with this logo on it right here for free when you leave a rating and a review by sending me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. So be sure to go check it out there. Uh, We appreciate that. We appreciate you guys. But this conference, you know, a lot of SEC fans always say that bowl season doesn't matter, right? It's funny how that works. Like, Florida fans have been saying that since Oklahoma blew them out in the Cotton Bowl last week. Um, You know, you'll hear that from every SEC fan base that loses a game in the bowl season. We don't care. We're the SEC. All we care about is college football playoffs and national championships, right? That's what they tell themselves, and that's what they tell you. And there are too many people in the college football media who carry their water and spew that BS as well. And it's just wrong. I'm not saying bowl games are the only thing that matters. It should be a combination of, in my opinion, three things that factor in conference hierarchy. It should be non-conference games, which we didn't have any of you know, this year outside of the Big 12 and the ACC. Uh, the SEC didn't play any non-conference. The Big 10 and the Pac-12 didn't either. So we can't rank on that. 
then you've got recruiting, and then you've got bowl games. That is how these conferences should be judged against each other. And the Big 12 just had two Pac-12 wins. Texas blasted Colorado. Iowa State crushed Oregon. They beat the ACC, Oklahoma State over Miami. They blew out the SEC East champion, Florida, in that Cotton Bowl by Oklahoma. And then, you know what? West Virginia got by a tough Army team. That was the game to me that I was the most concerned about. Not because, you know, Army's a top 10 team, but because when you face a triple option offense, which Army runs, when you never see it and you never prepare for it, which West Virginia and 98% of college football teams don't, uh, that's a tricky spot. And also, you don't like get up to hate the military academies like you do SEC teams. So that was a tough spot for West Virginia. They hung on for a 24-21 win. So this conference just got some very high-end quality wins. And don't let anybody tell you about who opted out, who didn't play, who did play. That's it's It's nonsense for the most part. All right, Oklahoma missed a lot of guys in that college football playoff game last year against LSU. They got blown out. Who was making excuses then for Oklahoma? I didn't hear anybody. I didn't hear anybody in the college football media giving Oklahoma a pass for that. I didn't. But Dan Mullen, holy crap, Dan Mullen, the Florida head coach. Is there a bigger bum in college football outside of Dan Mullen? I mean, I hate the SEC top to bottom. But you know who number one is now on the coach and the team that I want to see lose week in, week out? The Florida Gators. It is an embarrassment, an embarrassment how Dan Mullen handled himself after that Cotton Bowl loss the other night. I mean, just pathetic on so many levels how he handled himself. Excuse making, this team, its last game was, uh, you know, the SEC title game. Then why show up? I mean, why show up if you're Dan Mullen? It's just, it's pathetic on every level. Uh, let me rank the games based on most impressive to least impressive Big 12 performances. We'll go one through five. The most impressive Big 12 performance was the Oklahoma Sooners in the Cotton Bowl over Florida. <laughs> this team, I believe, could have hung in. I don't know if they would have beaten Alabama. But this team could have hung in there much better than Notre Dame. And I believe this Oklahoma team, how it's playing right now, would have crushed Notre Dame in a uh, matchup on a neutral site. I firmly believe that with the way the offense and the defense is balancing each other out. Alex Grinch has done a tremendous job. I believe that this Oklahoma team would wax Notre Dame today. I firmly believe that. And how about the ACC? The ACC gets two teams in the college football playoff, and it utterly embarrasses itself in the bowl season going 0-6. But yeah, the college football playoff committee knows what it's doing, and we can't put a two-loss team in, right? We, we can't put a two-loss team in. We all know Notre Dame would have been a two-loss team if Trevor Lawrence was healthy for the first time Clemson played Notre Dame. We all know that. So why is there not, why are we not factoring in the realities of, of a non-conference or a conference matchup between Notre Dame and Clemson, why are we not factoring in that when Notre Dame beat Clemson, they did it without Trevor Lawrence? That should matter. It didn't to the committee. That's the whole point to me of using human beings and not a BCS system. They didn't do it. It's a big, big, big mistake, and uh, I don't think Notre Dame would have beaten Oklahoma right now. I really don't. So Oklahoma, to me, the most impressive win in the Big 12. Then you got to go to Texas. And we'll get to Tom Herman here coming up in a few minutes. But then, to me, the Texas win over Colorado. 
30-plus points, Bijan Robinson going off for the Longhorns. You've got guys now on both sides of the ball to build around in 2021. I, I am I, – <laughs> I'm shocked Tom Herman was fired, especially for Steve Starkeesian. We'll get to this storyline coming up. But with the way they played in that bowl game, the talent on both sides of the ball, Alfred Collins going to be a stud at defensive tackle moving forward for the Texas Longhorns. That was a very impressive win in the Alamo Bowl. In the third most impressive win in the Big 12, the Iowa State Cyclones in that Fiesta Bowl on Saturday taking care of the Oregon Ducks. And what was, you know, Iowa State fans – I'm not saying this to to knock the performance, but it was kind of a boring game. Like, they took a lead, and you never felt like Oregon was going to get its way back into the game. Now, you'll take a boring New Year's Six bowl win if you're an Iowa State fan. You're pinching yourself today still with how this team has played and how this program has played. But it was kind of a boring game in a weird way, which is a good thing. I mean, they're winning New Year's Six bowls in boring fashion. Uh, that's something you never thought you'd say about Iowa State, all right? The fourth most impressive uh, bowl win for the Big 12 was the West Virginia Mountaineers uh, beating Army. Now, uh, part of what I said earlier rings true, where winning a game against the military academy on a gloomy Memphis day, uh, New Year's Eve, in the Liberty Bowl against a triple option offense is easier said than done. Just ask K-State last year playing Navy. Uh, These Liberty Bowls, by the way, have been pretty good. The last five have been decided by eight points or less. So the Liberty Bowl is an underrated bowl game in terms of like just having fun, kicking your feet up, and enjoying a game. Liberty Bowl will do that for you. All right, It gets it done. So I've been impressed uh, uh, by the Liberty Bowl the last few years. And West Virginia hung on for a win. I got a lot of concerns at the quarterback position going forward. I don't know what it's going to look like. Jared Dagey was benched for Austin Kendall. It's a bad look for Jared Dagey going into the offseason. I don't believe he should have a lock on that job. I mean, if West Virginia wants to take the next step in its progression under Neil Brown, you got to find a quarterback. you got to find a quarterback at West Virginia. I mean, Daigie was second in the Big 12 in passing yards per game. That is the most overrated stat in the Big 12. I, this guy was a bottom-tier quarterback for most of the season. That's just what he was. So I, I can't sit here and say that I've been impressed with Jared Daigie and the guy got benched in the bowl game. That's not a good sign going into 2021. But as a team, the Mountaineers got the win. And then uh, last, I'm going with Oklahoma State beating Miami in the first bowl game for the Big 12, the Cheez-It Bowl, which is the best name in the Big 12 for any bowl game. But, but still, not, excuse me, not an impressive performance on any level. I'll tell you that right now. Hang on one sec. We got the uh, dog popping in here. And that is not a good thing. That's not what we want to have happen. So the dog just decided to pop into the show, and uh, we do not want to be dealing with that right now. Anyway, um, we've got the bowl games ranked in order of performances. Oklahoma followed by Texas, followed by who else? Uh, Then I had Iowa State at three. At number four, we had West Virginia. And at number five, we had Oklahoma State. So great job by the Big 12 going 5-0 and in its bowl game, something that they have not done uh, ever before. A clean sweep, and hopefully the college football media will start giving the Big 12 a little bit more f- credit for how it played here over the last uh, last you know week and a half or so because the conference deserves it. On Facebook Live, let's see some of the comments here. Jake writes, Sark and the Horns about the takeover of the Big 12. Hook them. 
All right, Jake, let's talk about that. But before we talk about that, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors at heartlandcollegesports.com, our sponsors of this show, and that is mybookie.com. With the promo code BIG12, BIG12, you get a 100% sign-up bonus when you deposit at mybookie.com with the promo code BIG12, BIG12. Our bowl picks, by the way, I don't want to brag, but our bowl picks against the spread just went 5-0. and We ended the season going 33-21 and against the spread. That's a really good number. It's our best season yet in terms of betting the Big 12, and we hit every spread in the conference for the bowl season. I was on every Big 12 team minus the points except for West Virginia. I thought that Army would cover the 7.5. Army did. So we nailed our bowl picks. And you can still, at mybookie.com, with the promo code BIG12, bet some Big 12 basketball. Uh, you want to bet some NFL. It's week 17. You got the playoffs starting next week. You still use our promo code BIG12, BIG12, and you get that 100% sign-up bonus on uh, on your deposit at mybookie.com. So please do support them. They're a big supporter of ours. They allow this show to continue to grow and to build, and we thank you for being a part of it and for uh, you know using them because we are up big on the picks, and March Madness is, geez, two and a half months away. So it's going to come in handy. Mybookie.com, promo code BIG12. That's BIG12. All right, Sark, if you told me when I woke up on Sunday that Tom Herman would not be the head coach of the Texas Longhorns come bedtime and Steve Sarkeesian would be. I would ask you what you were smoking. I really would. I don't get it. I don't get the move. These guys essentially have identical records as head coaches. Almost identical records as head coaches. I think Sarkeesian is like 46 and 35 and Herman is somewhere in the same ballpark. This makes no sense to me whatsoever. I get it. Steve Sarkeesian coached under Nick Saban. He's a place to go rehab coaches. But you're going to bring in a guy that has zero ties to the state of Texas, by the way. Zero ties. Now, that's okay. It worked for Matt Rule at Baylor. We saw what happened there. You don't need to have Texas ties. Matt Wells doesn't have them. We'll see what that means uh, at Texas Tech. You don't need to have them. But I get canning... I get canning Tom Herbin for Urban Meyer. I really do. I don't get canning Tom Herman and paying him $15 million to go hire Steve Sarkeesian. And I, I, I know that Texas probably did its homework on this, but is Steve Sarkeesian, who couldn't take the heat, couldn't take the heat at USC, is he going to be able to deal with the boosters at Texas? I, I, he had a substance abuse issue, and I'm not knocking that at all. I'm not. I respect, and I know a lot of people that deal with that kind of stuff, and I'm not knocking it. But I'm genuinely curious. It's one thing to play under Nick Saban or coach under Nick Saban. You're not the guy taking the heat. Can Steve Sarkeesian take the heat? Is his personality built to take the heat? I, 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 I don't know. But it's a hell of a risk to take. And to fire a guy and paying $15 bucks to go away when, frankly, I, I thought you were starting to see some of these signs of what 2021 was going to look like with B. John Robinson, with Alfred Robinson, with Alfred Collins at defensive tackle. The coaching staff, Chris Ash, 
uh, as defensive coordinator, got a lot of love on social media. The moment after the uh, firing was made as a guy that the players loved playing for, the defensive coordinator. Mike Yurcich, the offensive coordinator, just came in. Remember this, Texas fired both its coordinators after the 2019 season. You have two new coordinators come in during a COVID year when you couldn't have a full spring. Summer camp was a mess. You had social justice issues going on on all these campuses. Nobody was focused. And there's a transition period there that Texas didn't fully undergo because of these issues. And you know what you saw the last couple of games, K-State and and Colorado? Texas did something it hasn't done under Tom Herman. It blew teams out. It did what it was supposed to do. And I'm not a Tom Herman fan personally. Like I said it yesterday. I did a little video on Instagram Live. I would suggest you go follow us on Instagram, Heartland College Sports. Search us there. We put up some videos on there as well. Like I personally think the guy's a douche. I think he comes across like a major douche. I really do. I'm not a Tom Herman fan personally, but I don't understand this move based on the cohesive nature of the coaching staff blowing them out after four years. Yes, you want to be competing for college football playoffs at Texas, but can we for not forget how bad it was under Charlie Strong? Charlie Strong could barely get to 500 at Texas. You bring in Herman, and year two he gets to a Big 12 championship game. And I, I really think that, yes, 2019 was a disappointment. 2020 probably can be considered that as well. I get that. But I really felt like this unit, this staff, deserved 2021. I really felt that way, especially when the other option was Steve Sarkeesian. Who is going to take Steve Sarkeesian off your hands? He probably would have been there next offseason. Right? I, I, I just I don't understand. And it seems like, I don't know, maybe Chris Del Conte, the AD, didn't like Tom Herman. You know, he came in after Herman was hired. Maybe he didn't like him. And there was a, a bad relationship there as well. But this is a guy who said a month ago, less than a month ago, three weeks ago, that Herman was going to be the coach in 2021. Maybe that was just to get the recruiting class across the finish line. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was never his intention. But if you're Chris Del Conte, you pay a guy 15 million bucks to go away, and then you hire Steve Sarkeesian, career uh, record of 46 and 35 or something along those lines, you better know what you're doing. And if not, if you're just a, a, a pawn for the boosters at Texas, I guess it pays well. You got to do what you got to do. But, boy, I, 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 if I'm proven wrong, then you know what? That's fine. That's fine. But remember this too, Steve Sarkeesian's going to be coaching Tom Herman's guys next year. We can't forget that about new head coaches when they come into a situation. So maybe I'm alone in this. It seems like Texas fans are, are more happy than upset with uh, the way this went down with Tom Herman being gone. And I know that he went one and four against Oklahoma. That is um, inexcusable. But at the same time, boy, I mean, it's not like Oklahoma's uh, the Oklahoma of the mid-90s. The top five team in the country for the past five years. So sometimes I think you got to stick to what's what the plan is and stay the course. And Texas chose not to do it. And now Tom Herman is out, and Steve Sarkeesian is in. And I, you know, I'll be pulling for him because I want Texas to be good. It's good for the Big Twelve when Texas is good. And think about this: next year you're probably going to have two preseason top ten teams in Oklahoma and Iowa State. Brock Purdy's coming back. Uh, Brees Hall is going to be there. Mike Rose is coming back at linebacker. 
If Texas can get itself back in the conversation, you can easily have three top 10 to 15 teams in the Big 12, which would be a hell of a lot of fun. It'd be great for the conference. So I'm pulling for Sark. I just, I don't get it. Uh, on Facebook Live, Jake, uh, Sark has better play caller and NFL experience as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, he does. He does. That doesn't mean that you're a lock to win at Texas. It just, it doesn't mean that. So we'll see. Uh, Scott, what are your thoughts on who Baylor should go after as an offensive coordinator? Good question, Scott. I, I don't know right now. Uh, I know there's a lot of names floating out there but I'm not sure at this point in time uh, what Baylor should do or what they're going to do there. But I do trust Dave Aranda. I, I really like Dave Aranda. I think he's the right guy for that job. Uh, Stephen Wright, Oklahoma would have smacked Notre Dame. That's exactly right. Totally agree, Stephen. Notre Dame would have gotten rolled by the Oklahoma Sooners. All right, guys. Well, if you're on the podcast, leave us a rating and a review. Send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get a koozie in the mail for you, a Heartland College Sports koozie, when you do that. So please do uh, take the time out if you're on YouTube, if you're on Facebook Live, or, of course, Periscope as well. Appreciate you guys finding us there. Please follow us on every platform, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We are And YouTube as well. Subscribe to our channel there. Uh, take out a moment. We would appreciate that a heck of a lot. But the Big 12 football season is in the books. A great season. Uh, we are going to be continuing to give you weekly podcasts, okay? So even though football's over, our content is not going anywhere. We've got a ton of basketball content coming your way as well. Please be sure to go check that out. Guys, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Appreciate you, Facebook Live. Appreciate you, Periscope, and uh, YouTube as well, and the podcast. We'll talk to you soon. And don't forget about mybookie.com with the promo code BIG12, BIG12. You get a 100% sign-up bonus on your deposit. Uh, last thing. I'm looking through some of the comments. Ren, do you think Matt Campbell's staying? Absolutely. He's staying at Iowa State. Brock Purdy, Mike Rose, those guys aren't coming back for Matt Campbell to go take the New York Jets job. I'm sorry to NFL fans who just like watched the Fiesta Bowl for the first time and were like, whoa, wow, this guy's a good coach at Iowa State. He probably wants to leave tomorrow. He doesn't. He gets it. Campbell's not going anywhere, and he is staying at Iowa State. I expect a new contract, though. I mean, he signs these new contracts every year, but I expect a new, new contract for Matt Campbell in the next few days, so keep an eye out for that. Love you guys. It's been an uh, incredible year for this website, for this show. It has grown exponentially because of you. I thank you for sharing it and sharing our message with your friends, with your family, and uh, spreading our message across uh, the Big 12. Hopefully we can get out at some tailgates and some games next fall and spend some time with you guys and uh, can't wait for that. So enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and we'll talk to you guys during the week for our podcast here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. Thanks, guys.